You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hey, friends, welcome back. Today, I'm here for Therapy Thursday, and we've been doing a series on Communication 101. Today, we're going to be discussing how to recognize red flags in relationships and in people that maybe we, if we're close to, should be guarded with or, hmm, let me go to the expert. Welcome, Dr. Lydia. (laughs) And Dr. Lydia is a licensed mental health counselor who offers Christian counseling online. Welcome, Dr. Lydia. Well, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. And I I think today's going to be a good show. It's a good show. I just want to say, I'm I'm always afraid to do shows like this because I think people can look at some of these things and say, oh, well, that person's like that, so she shouldn't be in my life, or he shouldn't be in my life, or I shouldn't be married to them. And these are red flags where they're toxic, critical, affect your health, affect your mental, not just people that annoy you, because honestly, we can all fall under any of these categories on any given day. Oh, isn't that the truth? And the idea is that if you see a red flag, it doesn't mean run for the hills. It means if you see a red flag that maybe it's time to slow down and and ask yourself, what is my role in this? Yes. Are you allowing this communication or this relationship or this person to bully me or bulldoze over me or hover over me or, you know, you're giving away your own power. So this is a good time to do some self-evaluation, some introspection and find out, well, what is my role in this? How am I helping this to happen? Right. What, what can I do to reduce this in my life? You know, start looking for patterns. If you find that most of your relationships are the same and meaning that they're not good or that you end up finding yourself to be a victim, then, hmm. That makes me wonder, you know, if you have a lot of those kind of relationships, then what are you doing to create that? We are more powerful than we think. God did not give us a spirit of weakness, right? Right. He gave us a spirit of strength and a sound mind. And of love and a sound mind, yes. That's right. So we can make good decisions for ourselves and we don't have to be under the power of or rule of anyone else. Right. But I think recognizing some red flags so that we can start to do some self-examination so that we can move forward to have better quality relationships. If you find that you're in a poor relationship or quality relationship, then it's not time for you to, you know, cut it off and go. That may be an option, but I think that the first thing you need to do is, is um, stop, drop and roll, right? Right. You got to stop. You got to think about what you're doing. You got to think about what your role is that is in this. And then you have to decide if it's not, if it's a worthy relationship or a, wor- or a relationship that you just, you know, can't get rid of. Sometimes we can't get rid of our family members, but we have to work with it. We have to deal with it. We can't change other people. So let me just drop that right, in the, right at the beginning. We cannot change other people, sadly. Yes. Actually, without God, I don't even think we can really change ourselves. That's right. (laughs) right. 
I think it's really important that as you're listening to these red flags and as you're listening to these like comparisons that you you ask yourself, what am I doing to perpetuate this? That's a big word, right? What am I doing to keep this going? What am I doing to to feed it? Yeah. You know, because you can stop feeding it and you can turn it around and you can give yourself respect and you can give yourself your place. But I think sometimes that's hard when you when you don't know how, when you're used to maybe you had trauma and you you're used to acting this way. Uh, you're afraid, lack of confidence, low self-esteem. There's a whole list of reasons why. Sometimes the why doesn't even matter. Sometimes what matters is you just got to get up and go, got to get up and do it. Right. Okay. Well, today's podcast is taken out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And it says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents or authority, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They will be having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. And I'm just reading this thinking, hmm, we need to really read this passage sitting in front of a mirror before we start <laughs> pointing our fingers outwards and really take a good look at our own hearts, our own actions and see, well, where do I fall on this spectrum? I think that if we take a list of somebody's negative attributes and we only focus on that, Mm -hmm. It's very easy to think, oh, I'm going to have nothing to do. We have to kind of balance and see yeah. where is my relationship? Is this person draining me or is the relationship, is God calling me to this relationship? And that doesn't mean that we're called to be doormats. It means we're called to love and help and be the light in the darkness. Because if we only walk around with people who have bright lights, then who's going to minister to those in the darkness? But it becomes an issue of when is it affecting my spirit, my walk with God, my emotional health, or physical health for that matter. We have to remember we are only human and it's okay to have a bad day, okay? Right. It's okay to get hangry with somebody. It's understandable. We have to have some grace, some undeserved forgiveness and some mercy. Gosh, if, I, if we gave out all the punishment that we thought other people deserved or that we did, no one would be alive. Right. We have to think it's a balance of mercy grace. And it's a, also a balance of you have to have, apply those same principles, mercy and grace to yourself. Yeah. And if you have a bad day, you have a bad day, own up to it. There's a difference between having a character flaw and a bad day. A character flaw is, ah, uh, this is just something that is so deep in you that, you know, no matter what you do, you're going to verbally vomit it out, you know? But if you have um, a bad day, and it's not part of who you are, I mean, it's going to be evident, okay? Right. And I think the more genuine you are with people, if you if you slip, you have a bad moment, or you slip, and it's a character flaw, regardless, I think it's just important to be genuine, you right. know, and, and be honest and tell people where you're coming from. And hopefully, your relationships are strong enough that they would be able to, and mature enough that they would be able to 
have compassion for you, that they would understand, that they would be forgiving. Um, you know, it's more of a character flaw when you keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And then we have to reach for that one special fruit of the Spirit, self-control. But let's talk about some of these red flags because they're in all of us, okay? Us included. I'm jumping in the pot because right. it's all of us, right? I mean, we just okay. have to be really careful. So let's start with the first one. Our number one is selfishness versus compassion. And Philippians 2 verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, offer others above yourself. Consider others above yourself and also first corinthian 10 24 says no one should seek their own good but the good of others and our comparison there is compassion and we're told that we have compassion because we've received compassion as believers so then we can offer that compassion that we receive from god to others so how can we recognize that selfishness oh. to the extent of toxicity wow i think this is really more of it like like you say a spectrum Okay. I think there are times where we do need to be looking out for our own, which is different than being selfish. And sometimes we do need to be looking out for others' best interest in front of our own. But let me put it to you this way. When you fly on a plane, they say, oh, here comes the oxygen mask, right? Put your mask on first. I used to think before I had kids, I used to think, wow, that, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And then after having kids, I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> no, I, I think now, oh, I think, oh, the oxygen, it'll run out fast. So I better put it on the little ones first so that I can there, therefore take care of them. But then that's not what happens. The oxygen runs out really fast. So if I'm busy taking care of everybody else before I take care of myself, then what happens? Then you're going to pass out and you can't help anybody. Bingo. Bingo lingo. That's right. So what happens is there are times that we have to take care of ourselves first so that therefore we can take care of others. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. Right? Amen so to we, that. We have to continue to pour our cup and keep it at a certain level so that we can therefore serve others. But do you see the difference between taking care of yourself for the purpose of serving others? And selfishness is nothing to do with that. Selfishness is, let me just continue to pour into my cup and pour into my uh, mat, leave my mask on. Uh, and, and there's not a, a next step to serve others, you right. know? So I think that's the key there. Right. So if you see somebody who's always putting themselves first and has no compassion it, or shows no interest or empathy no, towards you or no intentions right. towards you you know i mean yeah i i see how people have to take care of themselves i see how that that may come across as a little selfish but if the purpose is so that therefore they can turn around and have the intention to take care of you take care of others then 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 it's appropriate but when it's only for consumption and self fulfilling needs, then, you know, that's a red flag right there. Absolutely. And that's a good word for all of us. If we can't take care of ourselves, meaning not putting ourselves first, I'm going to go first in line. I'm going to eat first. No, but 
take care of ourselves where knowing where it's time to step away, knowing where you need some quiet time with the Lord, knowing where you just need rest, knowing when to say no to others, not that you don't wish that you could help everybody do everything, but understanding this is what God's called me to do right now and I really need to prioritize my rest and my well-being. If we are serving at church and it causes us not to spend time with the Lord, then we're not helping anybody. And if we are serving in church and it causes us not to spend time with our families, right. then we're doing no good either. Exactly. Because our first ministry is to God and our family. Mm -hmm. That's where he's called us first. Yeah, it is. Well, the second yeah. one's kind of sticky. Okay, let us have it. It's bitterness. Ooh. Bitterness versus forgiveness. Ooh. Ooh. You're right. Bitterness versus forgiveness. Bitterness in my mind is like, I don't know, like I think of this is like anger that's gotten old and hard and crusty, like brittle candy that doesn't taste good anymore. Okay. Well, God tells us in Hebrew 12 verse 15, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled and then Ephesians 4 31 reminds us let all bitterness wrath anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice which tells me that malice or bad intentions from the heart are caused by bitterness okay so let's trace it back malice is caused by bitterness bitterness is caused by anger. Anger is caused by hurt. And unforgiveness of that hurt. Yeah. And so when you get hurt, you have a choice. You have two paths you can go. You can either go the path, the high road of forgiveness, or you can go down anger and get bitter, which will cause eventually malice. And oh, that's a tough one. Gosh, that's a really hard one. I think that's a really tough one because it is that kind of anger. It, it just, it hardens your heart. It doesn't, it suffocates you. It doesn't allow you to love. It doesn't allow you to live up to the potential that you are. And it doesn't let that light shine through. And God probably looks at us when we get really angry and well, we'll get hurt. Therefore angry, therefore bitter and try to act upon that. Then He's probably like, oh, that is not a good example of, of what I want you to be. That, that definitely is not going to bring anybody to my kingdom. Yeah. I think of Moses when Moses got really angry. Oh, yes. He was a bad example of God. Yeah. And, and it he cost, paid for dearly. Yeah. It cost him. It cost him the promised land. Yeah. There's definite consequences to our actions. Forgiveness always, always, always holds prisoner. Not the person who hurt you, but your heart. You, the one who is hurt and angry. Um, yeah, that's a really bad cage to be in. A really bad one. That one's almost as bad as the golden handcuffs. That's what for another. It? Oh, I knew you were going to ask. That's, yes. that's, that's what are the for... golden handcuffs? <laughs> Maybe I'll save that one for another, uh, okay. another well, episode. I, I it's a good say. one. Uh -huh. My pastor, Pastor Raz, who I love dearly, Pastor Raz used to always say, each time you're hurt, God is providing you an opportunity to choose between getting better and getting bitter. 
Oh, wow. And I always thought, that's very interesting. I'm always going to choose getting better. Well, getting better means examining the situation, finding, like you said, taking a look in the mirror, finding your own, what, what did I do to cause this? How did I contribute to it? Taking responsibility for what you've done. And if you've done nothing, then it still gives you the opportunity to forgive somebody else and grow from that opportunity. And let me tell you, some people make that very hard in our lives. Some people make it very hard. But how hard do I make it in others' lives? Mm -hmm. How quick am I to repent, to seek forgiveness? Because we're, caused, we're called to forgive regardless of whether they're sorry or not. But mm -hmm. man, it makes it so much easier when the person can actually tell you, man, I really messed up. I'm, I'm sorry mm -hmm. I did that. Mm -hmm. I dropped the ball. I fell yeah. over, whatever. It's so much easier. However, we still have the obligation to forgive and not allow bitterness. Or I love what the Bible says, a root of bitterness. That bitterness is a root and it will grow and it will grow fruit. And we don't want the root of the fruit of bitterness. We want the fruit of the spirit, which is the opposite. Right. So I think looking at somebody who has bitterness and unforgiveness towards others is a warning sign because one day that person they don't forgive and they're bitter towards might be you. Even Jesus said in Matthew that we, if we want our father, when he taught us the, our father, our Lord's prayer, forgive unto others as we have been forgiven. So what does that mean? We're tainting, we're corroding our relationship with Jesus Christ if we are not able to forgive others. I don't want that for sure. So that is a good motivation, if anything. And you got to remember, I mean, Jesus died for all of our sins, past, present, future, the intentional ones, the unintentional ones, the, I mean, everything. So he didn't stop and say, I'm going to forgive everything, but this one thing you did that really made me bitter. Okay. Exactly. Uh, he said all of it. He just took it all. I can't even wrap my mind around that. So when I'm wronged, I do have to think about in my human flesh, how it hurts. There's a pain there. You, you got to grieve. You got to let it go, get to a point where you let it go right. and not for the other person, for your own heart, for your own safety, for your own longevity, for your own well-being. Yeah. Your own health. Unforgiveness harms us. It harms us. It changes our heart. It changes our brains. If you walk around with unforgiveness and you think about it all day long and you are focused on that, guess what? It, it changes who you are and that's not what God wants for you. And when we look to the forgiveness of God, when we look to all God has done for us and you really focus on the price paid on the cross, you humble yourself and you realize, I don't want to be... You don't want to be the man that strangled the person under him after being forgiven by his per the person he owed money to. Oh, I just heard that parable. Um, that's the parable of the king and the money yes. that was owed to the king. And exactly. The, the, in Matthew. Forgave, and then he turned around and instead of forgiving the debt owed to him, he strangled the guy. Well, yeah, it was guy owed $100. Or we'll say oh, it was a, like a foul $10,000, something big to the king and he pleaded with him and the king said all right all right you're forgiven you're forgiven of your debt and and just as he walks out the guy who owed him another guy owed the worker ten dollars and he was like nah send him to get tortured ah. and the king was like what i just forgave you 
like more than tenfold, you know? So yeah, we, we have to do the same. If God can forgive us, then we have to be able to hand that out. Yes. And if somebody's interested in reading about that story, it's found in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, and is a great parable about the unforgiving debtor. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great place to just stop and like, how often do we think of all we're forgiven and what it costs Jesus? It costs Jesus his life on the cross, pain, humiliation, separation. I mean, he left a perfect heaven with a perfect unity with God to come here to rescue us. And so how much easier is it for me to forgive somebody who's hurt me when I can take a look at that? Like, wow, I needed to hear that today. Yeah, that's a little bit of a, um, a motivation. It yes, helps absolutely. me too, definitely. And then, of course, we can thank, is it Elsa, who just teaches us we need to let it go. <laughs> let it go, people. <laughs> the cold never bothered you anyways, Exactly. Right? It's so easy said. But when we look at Jesus, it really does become, it becomes easier because he helps us. And we have the Holy Spirit as a helper. If you're struggling with unforgiveness, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Because we have that mediator between God and us that stands in the gap and he helps us. That's right. That's right. Well, the next one we have, which I don't want to look at, is complaining. And, And the antidote to complaining is the attitude of gratitude. And the Bible tells us, oh, so many times, do all things without arguing and complaining. Well, I think complaining really comes from a place of a lack of faith. And and I'm guilty of this too. You set up a goal, you set up a project, you work on something, you have a relationship, you start complaining when your eyes are taken off of God and you start sinking and you go, ah, and rather than stopping and going back to Jesus and back to God, asking for peace, asking for guidance, asking for that life raft, we, we get tangled up in our own emotions. And yeah. we continue to complain. And instead of complaining, I think complaining is a, a total lack of faith in God. And it's for all of us. It's for yeah. all of us. And we're basically telling God what he's doing wrong. When we complain about anything in our lives, we're telling God what you're doing isn't good enough. And we need to remember that God uses all things for the good of those who love him and are called to his purpose. And also all the way back to the Israelites, they were complainers. Every step of the way, God provided and they complained. Psalm 106.25 says they murmured in their tents, murmured or complained in their tents, and they did not obey the voice of God. So could it be that complaining is disobedience to the Lord because he tells us to be content in all circumstances? Even in our relationships, sometimes we complain, oh, the that our counterpart is not doing enough, you know, oh gosh, if you would just be home on time. Oh, if you just didn't use all the tooth, why do you have to fold the toothpaste that, that way? Oh gosh, you know, didn't you see you used the last bit of toilet paper? Couldn't you refill it? Oh God, you know, all those little, little Which nitpicky really is things. all about us. Yeah. We're putting ourselves in the center. Well, not even just that, that, that too, but I think that we don't, we forget that other people are going through their own things too. You know, like maybe they're coming home late because they made an extra deal that was going to bring a bonus to the house. You know, uh, maybe they um, used the last bit of toothpaste and they were in a hurry because they were off to go take care of one of the kids, you know, or maybe they 
didn't replace the toilet paper because uh, maybe they were sick and they couldn't, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of what people may say are excuses, but, you know, we also have to have that compassion to recognize that everybody is doing their part. And when we start with an attitude of gratitude and we say, okay, well, what is their part? What did they do? Okay, well, they got up and they went to work. Right. Great. Because you do have a choice, you know. Yeah. And if you're very annoyed, then you should go back and listen to one of our other podcasts about the matter of the heart. Because yeah. guess what? This might not be a red flag about them. It could be that a your heart is not aligned with God. Yeah. But I love that God tells us in First Thessalonians 5.18 what to do in all circumstances. So let's take out all and let's put difficult. God tells us what to do in difficult circumstances. And what he tells us to do is to give thanks. Mm -hmm. Give thanks in difficult circumstances. Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And an attitude of gratitude always sets the tone and sets the atmosphere for a much better communication, a much better relationship. You just don't know how much people are working toward helping and rather than you looking at it like a glass half empty oh you didn't do a b c and d and let's not forget f if you turn around and say well okay well maybe they thank you for doing g h i and j then it changes their attitude it changes your attitude it, it you're great you're being gracious and thankful and, and there are people that are just negative yeah and negativity and usually they need more help not less but I'm going to tell you, the negativity usually comes, again, from a lack of faith. Negativity is like, the, it's like you just, just a, like an inch short of, of 12 inches, inch short of, of a foot, you know, and they're going to focus on that one little inch. And, and they're, that's a lack of faith right there. That being negative says, oh, you have no hope, a lack of hope. You're focused on the one thing that's missing on the, 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 in between the dotted lines, you know, and you have an option. Everybody has an option. So how can we help somebody in our lives that we see really struggles with being selfish, bitter, and they complain all the time? Oh, well, we, we're going to start. I think it's easy if they're my friend or some my neighbor. I don't see often. I can create distance to keep myself healthy. I can put healthy boundaries. But what if it's your husband or your children or a parent? Well, we're going to do the, what we said at the beginning of the podcast. We're going to start with ourselves. We're going to do some self-examination. So if you see someone who is bitter, acting bitter toward you, if you see someone who's complaining toward you, if you see someone selfish, you look and examine your heart. I know it's counterintuitive. I know you think, well, what's that got to do with the, their actions? I think that we have to examine our hearts and we're the ones that have to be thankful and maybe show, shed a little light on being thankful and be a good example by starting that way, have some compassion and try to understand maybe where they're coming from. And that, that well, the gratitude, the being thankful, well, that really sets a tone and examining what our role is in it. So are they complaining and then that's it, we shut down and then it becomes like a, a ping pong table of, of back and forth, you know, or do we shut it down in, an, in a way by being grateful, by starting with an attitude of understanding the, that fruit of the spirit. I think we really have to focus on ourselves. 
what is our attitude toward those things that are coming toward us. And yeah, sometimes you're right, Lisa. Sometimes the relationships are far enough away, uh, superficial enough that we can just distance ourselves, you know, and sometimes, sometimes they aren't. They're so close to us that we can't, you know, like Thanksgiving's coming up, right? There's going to be a lot of people around the table that maybe we're not. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to say it. (laughs) But then I wonder, is there anybody at the table thinking that about me? Hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that taking our burdens to God is not only an invitation, but it's a commandment. So I think if you find yourself in a relationship or many, many relationships, but you really see some of these red flags I think you take it to God, you talk to God about it. And then I think also pray about it and maybe talk to that person. You know, I've noticed lately you're, you've been, maybe not selfish is the right word, but you've been really focused on yourself and not really being compassionate with me. Or I find yourself bitter with this person and how can I help you through it? Can we pray about it? Let's talk about it. And if they're complaining all the time, you know, I have a few people in my life that are complainers and what I do... (laughs) When I've spent some time with the Lord is I say, I think what you meant to say, right? (laughs) I turn it around and make it a positive, you know, instead of saying, well, you're not affectionate. You're not this. Instead of saying that you turn it around. I say, I think what you meant to say is that you'd be very happy if I'd cuddle next to you, (laughs) or you'd be, you'd like to see me grow in this area. And I'd love to see you grow in this area. And you just turn it around. And if we can be the voice you know, by taking responsibility for our own stuff first and then helping them gently, if God calls you to, hey, I've noticed this is happening in your heart and I'm concerned. I think that's a great place to start. Wow. Lisa, I'm going to come get counseling from you because I think that many times... I learned from you. (laughs) I think, no, because I think for me, I think um, in those situations, uh, just taking it to prayer and just being quiet and letting God do his thing because sometimes I really don't feel like I even have the emotional strength to help them, you know? Um, But there's all kinds of things you can do. And I really appreciate the fact that we're talking about it today. And then we're talking about the first part is to be aware. Okay. Self-examine ourselves and see what our role is in it. We can't take care of everybody else around us. Um, I think it's important that we recognize and definitely take it to the Lord. I think he is great and grand. He has a a long history of victories. And sometimes I read his stories in the Bible and I think, well, yeah, that definitely wouldn't have done it that way. Interesting. Hmm. Exactly. So sometimes you got to pray and give him a little wiggle room so that he can do his thing. Uh, On that note, why don't we close in prayer? You want to close us out, Lisa? Yes. Heavenly Father, I thank you that We serve a God full of wisdom that cares about relationships and people and hearts and attitudes. Father God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see where we can grow, repent, where we can change, where we need to spend more time with you and connect with you. And I pray that you would help us to love those around us with grace and mercy, but also give us wisdom when there are relationships that are um, toxic or dangerous or hurtful to ourselves, to our relationship with you. I thank you so much for Dr. Lydia, Lord, for her wisdom, for her calling, for everything that you've given her, Jesus. And I thank you for all of those listening today. I thank you for you, that person listening, that maybe is struggling with broken relationships. I pray that this would encourage you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?